Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Season 1 of the TV version of Building the Future is now streaming online at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Brandon Nades, CEO and co-founder at Talent Simulations. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, we, we actually uh, met a few months ago and I actually got to try out um, your simulator and, and whatnot in person and it was very cool, but... Maybe before we kind of get into exactly what you guys are doing, let's get to know you a little bit better and uh, cover your background and kind of where you grew up. Sure, yeah. So I grew up in Philadelphia. I lived in Connecticut for a few years and then moved back to Philadelphia. And I moved to Orlando to get involved with the theme park industry. So growing up, that's what I always knew I wanted to do. I loved roller coasters. I loved the amusement parks and always got season pass to my local Six Flags. Sure. So when it came time to pick schools, I I picked the uh, University of Central Florida. It's right in Orlando, you know, right near all the big theme parks. And it'd be my way to get my foot in the door and really just get involved any way that I could. Sure. So that was seven years ago now. So I made the move, packed out my bag, said goodbye to my friends and families, and moved on down south and haven't looked back since. Sure. So what kind of got you fascinated about uh, mechanical engineering growing up? Just based on your love of kind of theme parks and roller coasters and whatnot? Exactly. So when I was looking for colleges and looking at, you know, what I should pursue to get involved with roller coaster designing. I mean, mechanical engineering is right up there as one of the, the best fields of study. And math has always been one of my strong suits. So I knew going into it, it, it sounded like it was right up my alley. I, mechanical was the way to go, is what could help me get my foot in the door and demonstrate you know, my capabilities to get involved in that industry. And that's really what pushed me to pursue that. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. So you graduate, well, actually you got a master's degree, correct? Yeah, I actually just wrapped that up a couple weeks ago. Oh, congrats, man. That's awesome. So Thanks a lot. you, so kind of, I guess you got this degree, um, you ended up kind of starting your own, um, or co-founding um, Talent Simulate, Simulations. Um, how did that kind of come come about? Because you obviously started it while you were still in school. Right. So my whole undergrad was an, an experience in its own. And my it, was, it took me five years, you know, like most engineers it does. And I never thought I wanted to start a business. So okay. it's, it's a newfound passion, you know, entrepreneurship, and it's been amazing. But I never thought that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, work in the theme park industry. Uh, but I wanted to work for, you know, a big manufacturer or a big amusement park. And I actually, I started working at Universal. I was a ride attendant. So I, I had some friends. I knew a lot of people that worked at Universal and Disney, you know, to pay their way through college. Sure. It was right down the street from our school. And uh, once you get your foot in the door, you can apply for internal uh, 
opportunities outside of your department. So gotcha. it's a good way. Like they hire most people that apply and, uh, to be a ride attendant. So I got in there. I was an operator at the Hulk roller coaster. So nice. it wasn't the most glamorous job, but you know, it was good exposure and you know, it was, it was fun for a, a coaster nerd like myself. And what what's funny is I was about the time I started applying for internships, you know, a, a lot of different places. So I think I was in my second, between my second and third year. And uh, I got an opportunity to work at the Kennedy Space Center. So I actually Very cool. moved myself to a seasonal status. So I didn't have to work anymore, but I was still technically an employee at Universal. And I went and worked for United Space Line. So they were the main shuttle contractor. And if it was any other time period, you know, most of the people that get that opportunity get hired on full-time upon graduation. But I was working on the transition and retirement contract, which was decommissioning the shuttles and getting them ready to be displayed at museums. So basically I had an end date that was going to come about, you know, in a few months. So while I was out there, although it was an amazing experience, you know, I got to see some amazing things and learn some incredible technology. I applied internally to Universal for their engineering internship. And I ended up leaving the Space Center a little earlier to go take the internship with with Universal because I knew that was more along my career path. Sure. Although, you know, the space industry is kicking up again and booming, so I definitely don't knock that. But I moved over there, and I ended up getting – it was an amazing experience working at Universal. I mean, you work odd hours and crazy shifts, and you really get hands-on. And it was, I knew it was something I wanted to continue doing, but when I graduated, they were on a hiring freeze. Oh, okay. So that was the time where I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, and so at that same time was when I was working on my senior design project. So basically the sum of the two semesters before you graduate, you work on a, a project, you design something and you build a prototype and then you display it with all of the other seniors. And we came up with this idea to build a virtual reality flight simulator uh, we had about $1,500. We used parts from a, a junkyard and built it in a garage, but it was a good proof of concept. Not very reliable, but it demonstrated, you know, the point we wanted to get across. And it was still, still just a school project, something cool that we could do to work on, you know, our last couple of semesters and get some cool experience. And that was the time when presented it, we were graduating. I didn't have any job offers, although, you know, I was playing by the rules all through college, you know, get good grades, get some extracurriculars, get some internship opportunities, and then nothing squared away for me when I was getting ready to get my cap and gown. So we were getting some good recognitions for our senior project and got some good mentors on board that summer that were introducing us to some of the local professionals in the simulation and training industry, which is also a a huge industry right here in Orlando that not many people know about. Okay. Interesting. And 
Yeah, and those basically those interviews that led us to pursuing a business venture. People are like, this is actually a, a pretty good idea. This could be, you know, commercially viable business. And it's like, yeah, let's just go with it. No, that's awesome. So I guess just for the listener, um, maybe let's cover exactly what you guys kind of built. And, you know, obviously like you have a flight simulator and racing and that kind of thing. Do you maybe want to kind of cover exactly what you guys are kind of building and you're using Oculus and, and whatnot and kind of how everything ties together? Of course, yeah. So originally the our initial inspiration was the release of the Oculus Rift Development Kit 1, which mm-hmm. was about three years ago now. And that's what inspired us to come up with this idea of a VR flight simulator. Okay. And we're like, it was... Actually, we kind of used it as an excuse to buy an Oculus. You know, like, oh, let's do this for the class so we can buy one. I love it. And and that's the concept of what we do hasn't changed much. Really, the, the difference now is that we're not focusing on flight training as much just because the market is a little less adaptive to new technology. Um, you know, they're not the early adopters. Sure. So we're focusing more on entertainment. And really what we do is we take a, a motion platform, a low-cost motion platform that it can be plugged into a wall outlet. You plug it USB to your computer. So it's not like a huge expensive one that a lot of motion simulators uh, in the past have been. Sure. And then we take advantage of these VR headsets, which, you know, provide you with the visuals. You have the whole cockpit, you know, inside these headsets. So really you're reducing the footprint of the hardware with this new software that's allowing you to have 360-degree visuals, you know, it's HD, it's 3D, and very realistic. And we're taking advantage of that, essentially. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and like like I said, I got to try the actual simulator um, when I was down in Florida and when we met up and it's awesome. Like it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's sort of what we're, we're capitalizing on is, I mean, the exciting experiences and it's even rewarding, you know, a lot of the times for people that, that are scared of flying or they can't fly anymore because like retired air force veterans you've had in our system and it's the closest they can get to being in a fighter jet again. And sure. people that have always wanted to uh, get on a racetrack in their favorite race car. So that's the the great part about it too, is, is our platform is so adaptable. So race cars, roller coasters, fighter jets, airplanes. Now the, um, we have space simulators, space combat simulators. Really? It's amazing what you can do with just essentially the software is is the primary feature that allows us to adapt our hardware so easily. Sure. So it's it's exciting and it, it we we're focusing mostly on entertainment right now. We're actually launching a full entertainment center in a bar here in Orlando uh, in okay. the next couple of weeks. Oh, very. So cool. people are going to be able to come in. They they're going to have a, they're going to have several different virtual reality experiences. They can pay for these different experiences, and you can't really get that anywhere else at this time. Sure. No, I think it's awesome. And and just for just to clarify something for the listener, like the actual chair that you sit in, like moves as well. So 
as you're kind of racing or you're, you know, in flight, like the chair's moving around and, and kind of like, so it, it's basically like being in the car, right? Or whatever you're, you're simulating. Exactly. So we, we make this a motion base, it's a motion platform. And basically what it does is we have a software that extracts physics data and turns it into acceleration forces. So it makes it very realistic to what you're seeing and synchronizing it to what you feel. And that's, that works well, very well in the race car simulator. So you get a lot of the, the acceleration forces you get when you're pressing down on the pedal when you're switching gears. Uh, same in the airplane. It's a little bit smoother, but you, you're still, if you're turning left, you actually get pushed to the right because that's what happens uh, like in real life. Right. And and that's part of, uh, that's extraction software gets bundled with our simulators and it allows it to work with, you know, any different applications. Sure. So, if I had something that I wanted to, you know, use with your guys's technology, do is that even possible? Like, do you have like a developer kit where people can actually, you know, build, put their games or or whatever into your simulator, or do they have to work with you, mm -hmm. or do you guys kind of have to decide what you guys are going to release next? No, so we actually provide the software development kit to okay. our customers, and. With anything built in any of the big game engines, we make it very simple. So in 10 minutes, you upload a script, and you're good to go. And we've actually had a, a couple developers that have had games already that they built without motion in mind. Okay. And it, they put it in there just to see. We had this, this local guy, he made a deep-sea dive pod. So it's basically like a submarine game. That's awesome. And it's stunning visuals that he did on this and yeah we implemented it right in there lickety split and now we have a submarine simulator <laughs> that's very cool so are you guys right now are you guys just supporting the oculus or are you going to move to other headsets or, or kind of how does that work so really the visual system is independent of the, our simulator so right. really we we're specializing in the Oculus because it's more for seated experiences, but we've had a customer use it with the HTC Vive. Right. Uh, it works just as well. And then the one thing we really aren't doing is mobile VR. So all of our simulations are PC-based, mostly because we, our mission is to really be realistic and immersive. And although the quality on mobile VR headsets is still really good. It's not to the point of what a PC can run, the sure. graphics quality. So we're mostly staying with these PC-based. So the Oculus and the Vive are the big ones right now. And then there's, I mean, the Star VR, which no one knows when it's going to come out, but it's going to be you know, 4K resolution and 210 degrees field of view. I mean, so that's going to be the next level up and will probably be adapted more by the training industry because of the, the higher quality. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, mm -hmm. like, we're almost at the beginning of the whole kind of VR space, right? And I know um, Google at I.O. just launched Android VR, and I'm sure that maybe some point, you will support kind of these other things that are still kind of coming, right? So 
who knows, right? right? Like, I, and now that Oculus is backed by Facebook and a bunch of other, it, it, like, you're, you guys almost have this thing, like, very, very early on in the VR space, right? So it's almost like the possibilities are endless. And the fact that you guys are so kind of early on to the whole space, I think is awesome and makes it kind of really exciting. It is, and you just have to be really flexible. You know, no one really knows where it's going to go, so you just got to stay up to date with all the technology advancements and you know, kind of pivot your business model to coincide with what people want. Sure. So I'm curious then, I, I buy a chair from you guys, and then obviously I have to go buy like an Oculus myself, correct? Yeah, so we can't be a like licensed reseller like, as of the moment. Right. What we've been trying to do is actually like for people that buy some of our simulators or are interested in virtual reality, we can actually just we can give you guys one. So we've been gifting some VR headsets like here you go. But, you know, we're not the only add-ons to VR and most um pretty much everyone is saying you need to buy an Oculus separately, especially because they're so hard to get your hands on. You know, right now, theaters are back to uh, to August now. Right. So we're catching up with it, but, you know, it's hopefully one day, like, we'll be able to actually, you know, sell it as a full bundle. Sure. But it's tricky just because it is such a, a young industry. Sure. And then... um you obviously, you guys kind of offer different um, simulators. So it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I can basically buy the parts. Well, I buy like almost like the base chair and then decide, you know, if I want one for flight or racing. And then if I, you know, want to buy, if I buy one, I could probably buy the parts for the other one later on if I choose to. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, we have add-ons that you can buy whenever and if you want to switch out what sort of simulation you're doing. Sure. So obviously you're going after kind of the entertainment market right now. Um, and you mentioned kind of uh, eventually maybe going back into um, the training space. I, I'm curious to know kind of what other applications have you used the simulator in and where do you think it will potentially go? It's amazing at the amount of research that's going into these headsets now and you know, like even the medical industry, surgeons, you know, things like that are, are taking advantage of these headsets. Sure. And it's it's pretty incredible. So like I said, our very first prototype was a flight simulator and we right. really wanted to bridge the gap between the computer simulators where you're just looking at a monitor and the really large expensive ones that you know not every flight school can afford right so which still aren't very realistic so with virtual reality it's it really gets you immersed if you feel like you're there so you can overcome anxiety get familiar with your this, uh, situations and scenarios but actually take it more seriously than you would staring at a computer screen so not only with flight training, which I know is going to be incredible because like, you, you feel like you're flying. I mean, it's, it's, you feel like you're there, but also with young driver training. So we just supported a driver training software, and I rear-ended somebody in it, 
and I, it got me nervous. You know, I, I was there. I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like, I mean, this, I will definitely leave here driving safer than when I got here today after experiencing that. Interesting. Wow. That, I never thought of it like that, but that you're right because the chair would kind of bounce you around a bit, right? It does. There was that full impact sure. and you know, you, you have the, the headset on, which it's really hard to describe virtual reality to someone that hasn't used one of the newer totally. generations because, you know, it's been around for decades and it's tried to make an, an impact in the 90s, but the technology wasn't there. But the level that it's at these days is incredible. Um, but now I actually got my parents really interested in this stuff now. So my... Yeah. My dad just got my mom a, a Gear VR for Mother's Day really? to work with her uh, Samsung phone. Wow. Uh, so they're using it as, you know, therapy for, you know, relaxation and going on the beach. You know, you can, there's so many different 360 videos that just, you know, if you can't get away yet right now, you know, put put a headset on and put some music and pretend like you're at the beach or you can go on safari rides and you know it's amazing the amount of stuff there is to just give you a virtual vacation no you're you're totally right and and you're right that the new headsets are are pretty much like you're there right it like and it's weird because it it takes a few minutes to get used to because if you're connected to the computer and you look down to go to your like keyboard or something like obviously you can't see your keyboard right so because you're you're you can't see outside of the world that you're in and it's very it feels very real and kind of back to your um car driving thing like it feels like you actually hit somebody if you hit somebody in VR which is it's weird to wrap your head around it if you've never actually experienced it but i, I it's very very cool and like you just mentioned that we're at the beginning of this, and you're right, that you could basically go on virtual holidays. And, you know, um, I know Google is doing stuff with Street View and whatnot. So it's going to be wild to see what developers come up with. And, you know, tying that stuff into your simulator would be really cool. And if you could almost, like, race um, the world through, like, Google Street View and then use your simulator and a VR headset, you could basically drive the the world the cities of the world right and that'd be wild exactly and we're uh, heavily involved with the military industry as well being right here in in central florida our chief advisor is a retired brigadier general and is still very active in the industry here and it's it's amazing the amount of requests for proposals they're coming out with now that involve this technology. So virtual reality and augmented reality. Sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of positive benefits as well. Sure. So I'm curious then, did you guys raise a bunch of money or you self-funded a little bit of both or, or how do you guys, how did you guys kind of get this started financially? We're actually all self-funded, so it's what ended up happening once I graduated, and we we picked up our like our chief advisor right away. Okay. And he when he was introducing us to people, we actually met with somebody that got awarded a grant through our university from the National Science Foundation, 
and got accepted into this program. Uh, we received it was only three thousand dollars, but it was a ten week program where we went out and interviewed people in our industry to see if this was even a business, sure. a potential business. And then because we got accepted into that, that's when I decided to go to grad school. And gotcha. I was like, okay, well, we'll continue going with this. One of our other advisors is the professor there that got me work in one of the labs, which is a, a cool 3D printing, laser cutting, prototyping lab. Very cool. And I was working there part-time to meet ends meet while we were still pursuing this. And then while I was a student there, I was also able to participate in their business competitions. Yeah, so we took first place in a couple of business competitions and won about $16,000 in cash as well as a bunch of free resources from local companies. So we got free legal, accounting services, marketing awesome. services, and that really got us established. So at that point in time, we kind of knew we were going to keep going with this. And sure. So we raised a lot of free money that way, and then – there's uh, we started there's five of us as co-founders and okay. now we're down to two. I got you. So basically, you know, in early stages, we can't really afford to to pay ourselves. And two of the well, the three other guys needed they got jobs and started working full time. But it just worked out well where the me and my other co-founder Jordan just continue pursuing this and. Uh, the other guys, you know, if they want to come back on board when we can support them, it's it's definitely open. Uh, but as of right now, with uh, the business competitions, and then me and Jordan have both put in, you know, not our entire life savings, but, you know, pretty close to it. Sure. But we've really utilized a lot of the local university and Orlando resources to fund ourselves. And the, they're really attempting to to put in an efficient ecosystem here for startups like us. And, you know, starting from the university level to getting a series A round when you need it and all the way up to continue, you know, your funding rounds. And we're, we've been lucky to not have had to take on investment yet. We are looking into different funding opportunities soon but we don't necessarily need it since we are making sales now and we're able to support ourselves. But of course, at some point you need some financing to expand. So it's something to be prepared for. No, I I think that's awesome. And and I think that's kind of inspirational for people because you're building a hardware software platform and you basically did it like you basically bootstrapped it. Right. And you didn't need millions of dollars to launch um, a simulator, and and if and if people go to your website, like you guys are supporting um, tons of different games already on your own. Um, you know, you have a SDK for developers with Unity and Unreal and a couple of others, and so you guys are supporting and have done a lot with very very little amount of money spent, right? Like like you mentioned, you you won some money and you, you know, kind of went through these programs and you got a bunch of free stuff um, through, but I, I guess the point I'm trying to stress is that there's ways to do it without going and saying, I need a million bucks or, or $10 million or whatever, right? That you guys are basically doing this and you're building hardware and software on 
a small amount of money to get going and, and start generating revenue and, and money. And I think that's actually really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. It really is unique. You know, we it's the road less traveled and it, it comes down to knowing what is available to you. And we and the university, I mean, we were one of their, their star trials because they are putting a lot of money into these resources and they like to demonstrate that, hey, look, we're putting we're investing this money and it's working. Sure. And, and I think we owe a lot to them. We owe a lot to the community in Orlando as well, you know, with all the different we have uh, tech meetups on a monthly basis that we like to go to and it really opens up your your network and other opportunities that you might not have known. So we have a lot of different accelerators here in town now with different grant fundings, a lot of co-working spaces. So it's pretty incredible that you really rely on other entrepreneurs more than you would think. So you can't do it yourself and it's really helpful to have that community. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. Um, do you kind of have any other advice for people out there, um, you know, that you've maybe, you're like, oh man, I really wish I would have known that or thought of this kind of early on when you were doing either anything on the hardware or uh, software side or both? Well, really, it's, it's a lot of trial and error. And, okay. you know, my mechanical background has been really great in starting the company, but now I've learned that I, I don't think I was meant to ever be an engineer, you know, sitting behind a desk modeling and coding all day really isn't for me. I like to be out and about meeting people, going on travel and, and doing different events. So I think really for me, I wish I found that out during my undergrad, Okay. you know, that, I, w I would love to be a business owner. And, you know, I think it really takes a lot. You got to find out what you like to do and and really determine what the best path is. But it really comes down to going out of your com comfort zone and finding those opportunities and seeing what you like and what you don't like. It's just as important. Sure. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And I, and I think the thing that you touched on, I think, is – probably maybe even the most important, at least in my opinion, is almost like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Right? Like yeah, I think... A lot of people are too scared. Really. I agree. And I see a lot of people not grow to their full potential because they have lived in the same city their whole lives or, you know, they have, they've been too scared to go away or too scared to try something new. And... It was the dean of our college of business who I've got acquainted with over the, my, during my master's since I was doing all their business competitions. And sure. uh, he had a speech where he basically said, if, if you're comfortable, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Fair. Because every, every day he, he's like, I challenge you to do something that takes you out of your comfort zone every day because if you're not, I mean, if you're not doing it right. You're not, growing as a person that's really how you you know grow and can find those other opportunities to do what you love sure no i i think that makes a lot of sense um we're kind of running out of time so 
Do you maybe want to kind of give a quick overview, again, just if anybody's tuning in a little bit later into the show, exactly what you guys are doing, and then maybe kind of cover um, how developers can get involved. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah, so with Talent Simulations, we manufacture immersive and affordable virtual reality motion simulators. And we do different training and entertainment applications. So we've we sold our motion simulators to technical institutes, military contractors, entertainment centers, bars, museums. So we have a wide range of customers, and we really cater to a lot of different needs, whether it's race cars, roller coasters, fighter jets and airplanes, and space combat simulators. So it's exciting technology. We're we're taking advantage of the new virtual reality headsets and integrating them in as many ways as we can. So we're really trying to be the VR experts, and you know we want to be the the guys that the community comes to help with their their new projects or these with these experiences. Sure. No, that's awesome. And then um, if you're a developer, do you want to maybe talk quickly about what what you guys do for developers again? Yeah, so we actually aren't software developers ourselves. So we work with content creators to create these experiences for us. So we have a software development kit to add physics data to create motion support with our simulators. Anything that is designed in the Unreal Engine, Unity, or CryEngine, which are the, the three big gaming engines, we provide the, the plugins that you easily can import to create the motion support. Sure. And then, so anything, any vehicle-based simulations that you might already have or are interested in doing, we're actually beginning to open up several different entertainment centers with a couple of our partners, and we love to to get them out there for people to use. So we're actually creating a menu that changes on a monthly basis of different experiences. So we're going to, anyone that goes into these centers will have something new every month. So that means we're going to need a lot of different content. So different software developers out there, we'd love to work with you and, and see what we can get into our, into these entertainment centers. Sure, man. Well, great, great, Brandon. Let's, um, kind of close the show with mentioning um, where people can kind of get more information and find you guys online. So www.talonsimulations.com that has information on our motion platforms, the different uses of them. Uh, we're also uh, Twitter handle at talonsim, so that's T A L O N. S-I-M, and we're also Twitter, Instagram. We got some, uh, lots of different YouTube videos showing our simulators at different events. So social media is definitely a great outlet these days and to communicate and uh, collaborate. So you can definitely get a hold of us on there. And different events. So we're always at different conferences and trade shows and and doing events, so we're we're working on make, getting our sales outside of the southeast, and we have a few coming to the west coast. So just follow us and see our updates, and see where you can try one of our simulators. Perfect, Brandon. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and kind of seeing where you guys take this thing because 
so far it's awesome and it, it, it really you know it can only get better you know as people add more and more games and or and other kind of um, motion simulating kind of experiences and you already have lots of games and kind of um, people using this thing so it's only gonna grow and I look forward to kind of uh, watching that yeah look forward again together again too Kevin appreciate you having me yeah sounds good man all right well uh, we'll talk soon Okay. Sounds good. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. And keep them in the future.